It's going to be a great, 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 great morning. I am so excited about this morning, and uh, we have a very, very uh, uh, special guest, Chad Braswell, who's going to be uh, bringing the word in, and please introduce your family as as is going to go along. Not now. Just sit down. No, I'm just I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, you can come on up. <laughs> I was like, uh, now or no? No, no, always now. I love, I love Chad, and I love his family. He is a pastor of a church in uh, Boston, and I guess your area. Yeah, right. Right, yeah. So he'll he'll talk about all that, but uh, he's got the right heart. You know, you notice we don't have a lot of people come in here with for this pulpit because I'm I'm very conscious of the spirit that comes at. But this man has the power of God on him as well as a heart for God. And I am anxious to hear your heart. And so, Chad, come on, come on. Let's all welcome Chad. Amen. Thank you so much. It's amazing to be with Core Church. I love your pastors. Honestly, when he said he was going to preach, I just got excited. I was like, hey, no. I'm, I'm here. Um, you know, when it comes to Greg and Lisa and the family, I've, I've been fortunate enough to know for quite a long time, and uh, I'm thankful that you have such an amazing set of pastors here in your area. I know why you live here. You know, this is a beautiful area, but to have a great church in a beautiful area, it's just, you're really, really blessed. You know, um, as he said, I'm Chad, my wife Julie, and uh, Riley's there, and I have another daughter in the back helping out with the kids, or being a kid, one of the two, uh, but <laughs> both. Um, we are from right outside of Boston, Massachusetts, in a place called Marlboro, and I have a church called Metro Church, and uh, I'm second generation leading that church. We've been pastoring for about seven years now um, as senior pastors on staff over 20 years I'm younger than you'd think. I'm just going to say that after saying I was on staff for that. But <clears throat> what I do know is that um, there's very few people I've ever been able to hear that have the ability to break down the scripture like Pastor Greg. So I'm just going to stay in my lane, and I'm going to be who God called me to be. So we're going to pray, and we're going to dive into the Word. Is that good? Father, we're thankful for your presence. Holy Spirit, we know that you move, Father, that you... Uh, God, that you can help us understand what your word means and what you're trying to get across to us. So as we open our hearts, Father, we pray that you would take root, Father, uh, that as we open your word, that you help us, Father, uh, just take in what you're trying to say. Uh, let it take root and let it create change. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. amen, amen. It's amazing to be with you. You know, one of the things I really love is I'm a very creative guy. I led worship for about 15 years in our church. Um, and so creativity is very much who I am and what I do. And I love wordplay. Every time I think of the word relationship, I'm drawn to ship. I, I know we're in the beach area. That just so happens to be the way it is. But I do. I love the water. I love the open sea. It has a natural allure to me, pun intended. But the more I think about, yeah, the more I think about ships and journeys they take and the purpose for which they sail, I can't help but draw from that analogy paralleling with relationships. Each relationship we set sail on begins a new journey. And I think uh, as we, being humans, actually being relational in nature, this is something I believe we can all take from and actually apply it to every area of our life. And so how many people appreciate when the scripture gives you handles to fully understand what you're looking to use it yeah. for? Um, and so I want to really help us understand how we can apply God's word to our everyday life. And so each relationship we set sail on begins a new journey. So we'll be talking about relationships today. So as we begin this 
journey. I'm happy to be your captain. So prepare to set sail with me over the next 30 minutes, not a three-hour tour, as we head out into the deep and discuss all things relationship. And so while I might say ship in my message, I will be talking about relationships. Um, <clears throat> you know, which relationships are you excited boarding? Which ships or relationships have you run aground? Which relationships have you been tossed overboard from? Which relationships were worth setting fire to and moving on? We're going to have a good old time discussing relationships and their tales if we don't come down with scurvy first. <laughs> so in all relationships, there are important factors to consider. And I have a clock that is telling me to keep moving. So number one, I'm going to dive right into it today. Only board the ships that set sail where you want to go. When it comes to the relationships, you get to choose your relationships. I'm, most of us have been through some form of school, I assume, based on where we are and what we've done. And, and the reality is, in your early years, there's relationships you have just because it's the convenient intersection of life. We're friends because you sat next to me in school and we were there every day doesn't mean they're supposed to be the best friend you have the rest of your life because you may be going different directions as you grow. Some of you will realize you had great friends in high school and you just don't keep in touch anymore, not because of necessarily negative things, but it was a convenient intersection that is no longer convenient. Isn't that right? Yeah. But when it comes to your relationships, who boards a ship without knowing where it's going? When was the last time you did that? I mean, now, I know I don't buy plane tickets without knowing where it's going, I make sure that I'm getting on the right plane before, I mean, I've seen Home Alone 2. It doesn't work as well as you think when you get on the wrong plane. But consider the direction one's life is heading before you decide to jump on their ship, right? Before setting sail with them. And so who gets deeper involved in a relationship with a person without knowing if it will add safe passage through this life or if it leads to great peril? Amos 3.3 says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? You know, when it comes to the scripture, I believe that it's not just something that we look to for just a momentary, oh no, it's rubbing the genie's lamp to try and fix something. It actually should be giving us a compass to our everyday life. We should actually be in the word yeah. knowing that it's active, alive, and breathing and can help yeah. me daily. Yeah. When I read this, I go, man, there's so many people I meet with, whether it be counseling or, uh, as we say, spiritual encouragement most of the time. Yeah. But I just go, man, if at the very beginning of your relationship, if you guys had just both pulled out your map and said, hey, where are you headed? My, my daughters are amazing at artwork. No, you know, I'd like to say I did this last night, but I didn't. Uh, but being able to look at the map, have you looked at the map? Have you looked at your own map and been like, hey, what is my 10-year plan, my five-year plan? Where am I trying to go? But even more so, the people that you continue to bring on board your ship, it can redirect your course, yes. right? Yes. And so where have they come from? Where are these people headed? Because if a person has no goals, no direction, or drive, you may get lost with them on the seven seas of life. You may wonder why nothing has happened, why you're still circling, why, hey, that looks like something familiar. Oh, I've been here before. You find yourself in vicious cycles when you're connected with people that have no direction. Are you getting this? Good. So 
Know where you're going and where they're going so you can be sure the relationship will take you where you want to go. Many people are boarding the wrong relationships, heading the wrong direction. Again, I've sat down with many people through the years, and they ask me to help their relationship problems. But really, what they're asking is for me to try and tell the other person to follow their map. I just need you to help him see what I had planned for my life and how he or she has not helped the situation. See, we were supposed to be at the treasure of my hearts, but we ended up in the devil's triangle. Okay? And I don't have time to go through it all, but there is a devil's triangle, and normally you drift there when your compass is broken. We'll leave it there because I don't have time. I don't have time. But they want me to help their spouse understand their map. And I thought, you guys should have agreed on a direction before you got married. You should have talked about these things earlier. The reality is, they should have considered the differences and talked about their headings before choosing to get into the same ship. Sometimes it's an unequally yoked situation, as the scripture says in 2 Corinthians, do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness, and I immediately say, look, if you've made that covenant with that person, just because they don't believe, the scripture also says, man, you could be the very reason they do believe if you act the way that God has called us to act, if you choose to love them through it all, yes? yes. And so, but, but we do have to understand the fact that God has given us this amazing ability to talk and communicate the things on our hearts and hear what's on their hearts. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, mouth speaks. That's what the scripture says, right? So let me hear about your dreams and your goals before I decide to invite you onto my ship. Are you getting this? Others knowingly climb upon the wrong ship. They know it isn't who they should be getting involved with, but they make themselves feel better by saying it will still play a part. Someday it will be beneficial to my journey. Mm. But really, they've pushed off. And their heading is set, but it's heading away from God's call and purpose, just like Jonah. Jonah 1, it says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. See, I, don't, I, I preached a whole message on what is your Tarshish and the whole concept. What is the thing that you find yourself running to instead of after what God has for you? What is the thing that you find yourself, you just find yourself here when you know you should be there, right? And sometimes that is in a relationship. I remember when I grew up as a pastor's kid and part of my, my theory, I felt the call of God on my life at a young age, but I had been around pastors long enough to see how many knives are in their back and how hard their life can be. And I chose, I'm going to love God from afar. Ministry's not for me. I'm going to love them. I'll play the guitar. I'll write songs for the church. I will do it as long as I can do it my way. And that's not how God works. And so Jonah's story is very much like my ministry story, my life story. But what I do know is that 
when it comes to understanding God has a plan and purpose for your life, it doesn't matter, just like me, it doesn't matter how much you try and disqualify yourself by life decisions. God has a way of restoring and sanctifying and creating something new out of the thing you tried to tarnish so he can still use it. All you've done is wasted time. So stop running for Tarshish. Dif- different, different message. So which relationships are we in that we're heading away from God's best? That's a question you might want to consider. Number two, who you allow on your ship matters. As the story continues, Jonah's pre- uh, presence on the ship is bringing a great storm upon them all. His disregard and disobedience to God was bringing harm upon the ship. It says the sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, Jonah replied, and it will become calm, and I, I know it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Listen, sometimes the crew we keep brings upon the problems we have. Right. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes the crew we keep brings upon the problems we have. We get so frustrated. God, how am I here again? How am I dealing with this again? Why is it storm season still? That should have been over. This should be way beyond hurricane season, but I'm still in this storm. Who are you rubbing shoulders with? Who is on your ship? Maybe you have to get honest and say, I'm bringing the ship down because I'm headed to Tarshish. Are you getting this, church? So, Proverbs says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. The whole boat was suffering harm because of Jonah's foolishness. Jonah was certainly making foolish choices and was to blame. Perhaps there are people in your life whose disregard and disobedience toward God are bringing harm upon you as well and those in the ship with you. So what current relationship is bringing upon the storm. I don't know. You've got to make that decision. I want to quickly also bring up point number three here. I say quickly because I'm going to try and do it quickly, but number three, beware of pirates. Now, beware of pirates. I know you guys glorify the pirates around here. I know my quarterback of many years brought your buccaneers the, the Tampa Brady Gronkineers won a Super Bowl for you guys. That's the way I like to put it. But I understand you glorify the pirate nature, but pirates are a real thing. And you have to beware of them. Ye beware, there be pirates on these waters of life. Piracy happens on open water and in relationships. It's much harder, though, nowadays to spot the pirates these days. They're not wearing eye patches and fewer and fewer have visible hooks. (laughs) But the Bible does speak to their attributes. So read this along with me. 2 Timothy, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of land, no, of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but defying or denying its power. Avoid such people. That sounds like pirates to me. That certainly sounds like a modern-day pirate. 
And you can tell they are pirates when they do these things. These are the ABCs of knowing if you got pirates. Pirates fly black sails. A. When people want to keep everything secret. When they always try to hide your relationship. When they're always trying to hide things from you in a relationship. If they're trying to keep something concealed, you may be dealing with a pirate. God's word is clear that nothing hidden will not eventually be revealed, right? In Luke 12, nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you said in the dark shall be heard in the light. And those you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. Look, godly relationships are open and honest. There isn't a need to hide things from each other. If you're dating or a married relationship and they're trying to hide what they watch or what's on their phone or where they were Thursday nights, beware. You may be dealing with a pirate. Don't let them cloak everything in black flags. Whoever conceals, it says in Proverbs, his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. If you're dealing with a pirate, B of the ABCs, pirates disrespect ranks. It may begin with subtle underhandedness, but pirates struggle to respect authority. Whether that be biblical authority, governing authority, leader's authority, or even relational authority. God condemns this rebellious spirit. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. That's pretty strong words, isn't it? So look at sometimes... These pirates, in the, the nature of trying to break down the authority, they'll actually try and make you look foolish in front of others, trying to chip away respect and rank in the group. Pirates have serious insecurities, so to feel better about themselves, they look to hurt or put others down. They look to disrespect the ranks on your ship. Pirates, they have those authority problems. They, they will challenge at every turn, and they just don't know how to honor properly because they're a pirate. Although they can be restored as well. They have to make the choice. C, pirates will commandeer your ship if you let them. They will take control. Now, you know, you may find out weeks from now, months from now, you may observe the fact that people in your world, you're now identifying, hey, that's a pirate I'm needing to deal with. We need to have a confrontation. We need to have a serious talk. They're trying to control this part of my life that God gave me the control over. Hello. And so they will take control when they get the chance. When pirates board your relationship, they will look to, in time to control it. So if someone you invited on your ship is now trying to commandeer it, they are pirates in friends' clothing. And so I've got to keep moving. I got so much. But just, there's no place for those scallywags, okay? Protect your ship and your crew by being careful who you allow to board it. Romans 16 says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause division and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Pirates are smooth talkers. They look to deceive your hearts. They look to hijack what you have. Hmm? Maybe it's for a better looking boat or maybe it's perhaps for the booty. 
Either way, they look to hijack. So a pirate is anything that hijacks your attention and demands obedience. That could be money, it could be success, it could be jobs, it could be others' approval. Pirates can be many things, but I'm going to move on. You ready for number four? Take inventory of your ship's cargo. When we're talking about relationships, you have to consider what is worth carrying. Is it going to contribute to the journey, or is it just going to be heavy to, to bear? The cargo you choose to carry can hurt or help your relationship. There must be real consideration on the weight you add to the ship. Some relationships you have can't hold the weight of your past. That's why not every friend needs to know every bit of your life story. Some people get hurt just because they chose to share too much with a first mate. That's something only the skipper could have handled. That's something that's, when you think about it, you're in a marriage relationship, there's some things only your spouse can handle, not other people. They're graced with it. You start talking to all the deckhands about all of your problems and you wonder why you have more problems. They can't carry the weight of your cargo. So what I carry affects everyone on this relationship. Every ship has a capacity limit, just like every relationship. Choose carefully the cargo of others you help carry as well. Not just your burdens, but their burdens. Some things you need, just need to say, hey, I'll be praying for you, but you really need to give that to God, not to me. You need to go and talk to the person at the source. If you haven't tried to deal and fix that, don't bring me into it. Matthew says that you need to go directly to the person you have problems with, yeah. right? Yeah. To give them a chance to repent and turn and change. Otherwise, it can just be gossip. So Jonah, going back, it says, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up, and all the sailors were afraid. Each cried out to his own God, and they threw cargo into the sea, to lighten the ship. I know that God is good and that he can see us through the storms. But sometimes we'll bring our own ship down from the stuff we chose to hold on to rather than letting it go. The bitterness we chose to keep rather than releasing it through forgiveness and letting that thing, regardless of whether they said sorry or not, I'm going to let that go because it's making my ship run aground. I've got to choose what I keep on board of my ship, what relationships, baggage that we're carrying, because if we're going to make it in time to the destination God has, we've got to be below weight. Are you getting this? It says they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. Some things we carry aren't necessarily wrong or bad, but the storm seasons come. When they come, they're not worth the time, attention, or weight. Sometimes you're like, look, this isn't a horrible thing for me to have in the ship, but it is taking up my time and attention that really I should be putting on something better. And so what are we currently carrying that is demanding more time than we have to give it? Is it worth the extra weight in the relationship? You ready for number five? Only some ships are worth saving. Only some relationships are worth saving. Some ships need to break up. Some relationships need to break up. That can be hard to hear. But some of the things threatening to break up right now need to break up. When I look back over my life, some relationships that I tried to save, they were destined to break up. I should have just let it happen earlier. 
In fact, I now look back and realize some of the relationships I was praying to save, God was okay with breaking apart. You know, there are people in your life that are there. Some of them are there for a reason. Some of them are there for a season. And some of them are there for a lifetime. We put too much energy sometimes in trying to make seasonal friends forever friends. Nothing wrong. Maybe there is something wrong, but sometimes we just need to be okay with that was a convenient intersection of life. But you know what? Maybe it wasn't the healthiest thing. I'm just going to let that go. Are you getting this? Jonah 1.4, then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose and that ship threatened to break up, right? It makes me think of the Jonah story because back to my previous thought, in fact, I now look back and realize some of the relationships I was praying to save, God was trying to break apart for the sake of my future, for the sake of where I was going and what I was doing. I remember when I got serious for God, I was, I was in high school and um, God was fast-tracking my life. I, I got serious and, and then when I decided to stop going to the parties and stop doing the things that I was doing, all of a sudden it was like I was trying to hold on to friendships that actually all of the woven fabric that kept us together weren't healthy. And I was like, no, but God, I, I, I love that person and so I, I want to do what you want me to do, but I still want to be able to help reach that person. I had to realize I can't reach that person because of everything they did with me in the moment. I'm in a place where I need to pray that God brings someone else into their path. I need to let this unhealthy thing go so that I can actually start moving forward in the thing he has for me. That was a very difficult understanding because I thought, God, but you put me in their life. And then he helped me understand that by choosing to separate and actually live the life he called me to, I can be the example that they can understand instead of trying to drag them along. You know, Jesus, he didn't do many, many miracles in his own hometown because of familiarity. And so sometimes we just got to pray that person that God will bring someone else because he loves them more than you do. He'll bring someone else in their path. But don't run aground your ship for the sake of just trying to do everything because you're not called to do everything. And so I was praying prayers like, let your kingdom come and your will be done. But I was trying to hold on to relationships that had no kingdom connection and his will wasn't getting done. Right? And so he was allowing certain relationships to break up so I didn't go down with that ship. So like Jonah, if you board the wrong ship, it can lead to the wrong results, take you the wrong direction, and inevitably keep you from achieving God's plan for your life. Next time you see a relationship breaking up, rather than trying to immediately save it, find out if it's worth saving. Hey, is this, is this supposed to come apart, God? Am I focusing too much time and energy to try and make this work? when actually this might be your hand of protection in my life. Good. Not that that person doesn't hold amazing value. God can still reach them. But inevitably, the call and the purpose he has on your life, that's what you're going to stand accountable for. Right. Right. When you stand before God, he's not going to say, what about Joe? He's going to say, what did you do? How did you move based on my word and my call over your life? Even in friendships, there are just some people you don't need in your ship's crew. They will run you aground. 1 Corinthians 15, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And I'll close with this, and you guys are seeing a miracle today. I am closing on time with 
Listen to this. Number six, learn from your shipwrecks. Learn from your shipwrecks. If you find yourself holding on to a broken plank, floating in the deep, consider what brought the relationship down. Did you miss the signs? Did you miss the telltales of the sandbars in your path or perhaps icebergs, depending on how cold the relationship was? How can you learn from it so it won't happen again? Maybe you need to go back and say, man, based on that map, I thought for sure we were all going to get there safely. How did they miss what I had written? How, you know, even in relationships, when it comes to marriages, it's like, when's the last time you guys talked about your heading? When's the last time? Because a lot of things change. Julie and I, we've been married for quite a long time now. Going on 17 years. And the reality is, people change. They say about every seven years, people kind of have some life shifts and change. And so, even good, healthy relationships need to go back to the map. Hey, are we still headed the same direction? Do we still believe X, Y, and Z for us? Are we still believing God for better? What are we, what are we doing? We need to really go. Why? Because before you get back out, there's some moments where you're in a rest moment. It's like you're, you're porting. There's a port and you're there. And before you get back out there, you better check the boats. Inspect it so that it's still seaworthy. Inspect it so you don't go down in the middle of the sea. How can you learn from the shipwrecks of your life so you don't have another one? We should try to learn from our mistakes rather than returning to them. You know, Proverbs 26 says, like a dog that returns, returns to its vomits, a fool does the same foolish thing again and again. You know, there's that saying that if, uh, if you tend to be at the scene of the accident time and time again, you're the only, you know, same person at the accident. Maybe it's you. I think when it comes to relationships, we've got to be careful because we have a lot of people that we could hurt and then we've got a lot of regret we can carry because of hurts. So we've got to understand when it comes to the relationships in our life, how can I avoid getting hurts? How can I avoid hurting others? We can gain understanding and preserve our life when we dig into the scriptures knowing that God's word isn't just some poetic thing, but actually it has purpose in our daily life to help us with today. I've challenged our church to go through the Bible in a year. And we've, we've done that a couple years in a row. And there's some amazing apps. Some people, like me, I prefer to let it read to me. There are amazing apps that while I'm doing something, I can have the word be read to me and I'm absorbing it. I'm being able to take it in. But there are times where I just don't realize until the moment comes up, I didn't realize how much that, that was in me. Just from listening to it, the Holy Spirit brings it to remembrance. He can't bring to remembrance what you've never read. We need to gain understanding to preserve our life. Proverbs 15, 21 says, Foolishness brings joy to one without sense, but a man with understanding walks a straight path. So looking back on my shipwrecks of relationships, it was because I learned from my mistakes that I succeeded in future relationships. And so I believe that God, he gives us his word, and then he reminds us of our own experiences. And so I want to encourage you, Understand that you get to choose who's on your boats. You get to choose where you're going. And make sure that no pirates hijack it. Take control. Because inevitably, you'll still be responsible for what happened to your ship. Do you receive the word today?
Come on, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Even if you're online with us right now, I want to tell you, God, he knows the situation you're in. He knows the storm season that you may be in right now. He knows the very reason you're going through it. But he also knows how to get you out of it. He knows how to save your ship. And sometimes we just have to understand that we don't know everything. We've got to turn to you, God, because you do understand how we can correct the ship, how we can lighten the load, how we can identify pirates that are on board, and how we can take back control of our life so that we can turn around and give it to you so that we know that we'll have safe passage through this life into eternity. Inevitably, we're going to stand before God, every one of us, and we're not going to stand before God holding someone's hand. We're going to stand before God alone, taking account for the things that we've done. What I love about God is that he's gracious. Because of what Jesus did on that cross for you and I, he has this ability. He offers us the opportunity to no longer see us in our sin, but to see us through his son if we would say yes to Jesus. If we would turn our life and say, God, I need you to be my Lord and Savior. I need you to help me every day of my life. And today, wherever you are, where you're hearing this, if you're saying, man, I, I want to know that I'm receiving God's grace and his mercy, that, I, that I've been forgiven for my past because we all have one. Well, then the entry point, the, the door that opens is through Jesus. He's the only way. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, wherever you are, if you're saying, yeah, Pastor Chad, that's me. I just need a... I need a fresh start. Maybe you're a prodigal coming home. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard the Bible in a way that maybe helps you understand. Maybe you've, someone shared this link and you don't even know why you're still watching it. God does. And he wants you to come home. So with every head bowed, if you're here and you're saying, yeah, that's me, I'm going to just say a prayer. Why don't you just pray it with me? God, he's going to hear. I might help you with the words, but God, he's hearing your hearts. And so let's all say this prayer together. Let's say, Father, I thank you that you love me so much. You sent your only son, Jesus, for me. I don't deserve him, but I accept him. Come into my heart. Father, forgive me, and Holy Spirit, help me to live a life that honors you. I'm going to need a lot of help, but today I give you my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, if you receive the word, give God a hand.